Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back uh, to another fantastic, amazing, ridiculous, scrumdillyumptious, I was a little far off, uh, episode of Audible Podcast. Um, it's your boy, Wardy Stein, back here uh, with another one. It's always a lot going on. Things is getting progressively worse, just in all, in, in financially, and I just mean in a in a country sense, financially, uh, socially, racially, uh, we are in a deep, deep slide, and I'm one hundred percent completely fine with that. Um, if racists would like to separate us, that's perfectly fine with me. Stay where you are, I stay where I am. But but we'll get back to that, um, to that particular type of deal a little bit later. What I want to talk about is some of I've always wanted to discuss is experiences of black people in the workplace, particularly in office spaces, but just in a workplace in general, because I've been, um, we'll say fortunate enough, but I don't know if my hard work really, uh, what constitutes me saying I was fortunate enough to go from, uh, a position where I was a stalker and then, you know, and I'm 20, 21. And then, uh, and then I get to whatever I am now, which is not much actually off of my stock. Uh, but some of the things that you put together and some of the things that you go through, um, and some of the things I see, I, I I'm a little bit more, uh, I guess perceptive. I don't know if if I'm more perceptive or I have much more perspective of of what's going on. Um, I usually take people at their word. I take people at face value. So if you show me something, that's exactly what I'm going to take it as, if, if you understand what I'm saying. So the way you treat one person is how I assume you're going to treat others. So if I see you talking shitty to a person um, and I'm aware of the situation and why this uh, whatever situation is escalated and it and it's easily a situation that it could have been fixed very calmly and professionally, which is most important. Professionalism uh, is most important. Um, that's what I'm going to take you as. And I'm going to take you as that. Until it's it's proven that you're not that. And it's going to take a while to, to prove that you're not that. Because first impressions uh, last a very long time. So one of the things I've seen in, in workplaces. In, is how the black people are treated and hired. It's two things. Now, of course, this is not a, uh, a, a, a 100%. This is how it always is. If you believe that, if you believe that's what I'm saying. Then you're a dumbass. And I need you to do a backflip uh, off the bed into uh, some hot nails. Just put a bunch of nails in the oven. Put them in a tub. Put the tub next to the bed and do a backflip in that motherfucker. So, how how black people are hired and treated within the workplace is, is the first thing I noticed. So, when you walk into any place, and, and I notice this, and I don't do this everywhere because... You know, it, it's hard to to put that out because it, it's almost like a 
it's almost shaming people for what they do. Um, and saying, oh, it's black people doing this, not doing that. But when you actually work in the environment and you see a, a lack of diversity, then it's a little bit easier to speak on. So when you in the workplace and you see that black people are hired in certain positions and they're not elevated in certain positions, um, to certain positions, what they deserve, they deserve is a very weird, um, Deserve is a very weird word. We know what it means, but in the workplaces and in the spaces in general, you don't really deserve shit. And 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 that's just how it is. And that's how and not just racism, but sexism is hidden under that. Because somebody can do a really good job at something. Somebody can do an amazing job at something. But for the most part, and with things like the Rooney Rule and things like uh, just affirmative action, we see that people will rather hire people they're familiar with, or people they, that they know, do a job, than to find the best person. Because if you find the best person, but you don't know that person, I, I guess you're taking a risk, but that's kind of stupid. I, I, of course, to know if you, if you own your own business, you want to. You own your own business. You hire who you want. It it it, it kind of is what it is with that stuff. People hire who they want when it's their own business. But it's best to have the best people. And I'm not saying they have to be the, the most diverse group. Because sometimes it's getting the best people just getting the best people. And where you getting them from, it also counts. If I'm, if I'm a company in fucking Randomville, Indiana, how much diversity do... Do do you think I can get? You, you see what I'm saying? But when you're in big cities, when you're in big places, when you're in uh, Los Angeles, when you're in New York City, when you're in Houston, when you're in Miami, wherever uh, a big city, over you know over four hundred thousand people. Uh, I don't know if Miami is that population, but any big city, over four hundred thousand people, I would say. You find people from all walks of life, and what happens is is that you find people that have come from very rough places no matter what those places are no matter if they're in the country or not they could be you know from another country but they found a way to get through that and at least get to a position where they're in consideration for a raise for what you want to hire for or not a raise or a promotion or anything else like that and when you look at how much I'm I'm really trying to use the the best words to to put over what I'm saying because I I really think it's really important to have the best people. When you look at me, you look at what I do. Look, I know about wine. I sell wine. I I, I well I don't sell it anymore. But when you look at me, when I sold it, when I worked the floor, when I worked um. And when all these on on the phone, all these law firm orders, all these company orders, all these uh, catering orders, and then you you talk to some people on the phone, and then you would meet people in person, and the perception of me is very difficult for people to understand that a nigga can know a lot. About such a topic in the alcohol business, and th- there's not many uh, black people at all. 
that I've seen. And I've been in it 10, well, 12, 13 years. Um, there's not many black salespeople. And, and this, this is, can be because of location. There's not many black salesmen. There's not many black managers. There's not many black suppliers. Uh, I don't know any black suppliers. And I know a lot of suppliers. I can't think of one. No, but he owns the, the distribution. So he's the only black uh, distributor that I know. And that actually owns the distribution. But I don't, I don't know any black suppliers. Um, there's a couple black winemakers. There are a couple black-owned wineries. There are a couple black-owned distilleries. But the alcohol business, in between, I don't think it's a... It's not a... A business and economy that a lot of black people know, just in general. When it comes to making booze and making hooch, making your own alcohol, trying to figure out how to how to make whiskey, how to make vodka, how to make alcohol, wine in general. I mean, this is all easy stuff that you can do at home. You can get a uh, a juice bottle and some yeast, a balloon and something else and make alcohol on your kitchen counter. It take like a couple of days, I think, like a week, or, I guess a week or two. Um, and you can easily make alcohol. You can YouTube it. Uh, like hard alcohol. Um, you can make wine. It takes some sugar, some yeast, some fruit, and boiling water. But it's not something we know agriculturally, I would say. It's just not uh, anything that you're familiar with. And I've been teaching classes on wine and giving like private sessions and just all this crazy shit. And getting a chance to travel. And like I say, I want to say fortunate enough, but it was all my hard work um, that put into that. And I I know it is because it's just professionalism. When you get a job, just do the fucking job. Like, it, it it's really hard, especially in these days. It's 36 million people unemployed. So, you know, even d- discussing employment and all this stuff, it, it's real tough to, to do. But customer service and it, just things like that, if you don't know how to do that or you don't want to do that, don't do that job. Because you, you're going to come across... Some real nasty shit throughout of it. Now, I've never been in a situation where I've been put through, where I've had overt racism. Nobody ever called me anything. Nobody ever's like, say, hey, you know, said anything directly to me. Like what you see on videos or anything. Um, But I get the, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you can, you can count it as this, you know. Walking in line, getting in line, a white lady, you know, clutch a purse like Jesus, lady. Uh, I could wipe my ass with you right now. You're not even worth the half of me, and it, it's just things like that. Uh, and it it can be extremely frustrating. I don't think like that because it's not like I'm uh, rich or anything like that. And I don't think like that. But uh, sometimes you, sometimes it's hard to process in your head what you did. To garner reactions like that. And I see it on uh, the videos with overt racism. Most people do absolutely nothing. Besides like 
be them and be outside and be at the right place or the wrong place at the wrong time to get these kind of reactions out of people. A lot of people are very hateful and mean spirited and just outright racist. But what you see is, is with these overt racism, uh, racist videos is a lot of these videos are they're not in big cities. They're in these small towns and they are in big cities. They're handled accordingly because in big cities, there's so, so much diversity. You either A, have no choice but to learn so much about other people that the ignorance never never settles into your head. You can't be hateful to another group because you know some people in that group. Or you can't. And when these races are isolated, and, it, and I would rather than be isolated in whatever random parts of whatever random state of Vida Whatever random part of West, shitty West Virginia they want to be in, Georgia, Tennessee, wherever they want to go uh, and, and nestle in piss. That's why I would rather them stay. Because in uh, the civilized world, in these big cities, we get a chance to experience new people, new things. Uh, I remember when I got to Texas, um, I'd never gone to school with a. I've said this prayer. I never gone to school with a white person. Never gone to school with a Mexican person. Never gone to school with uh, any Asian people. It's all black people. Motherfucking K through K through twelve, nigga. K through twelve. K through twelve. Everybody black. I can remember two white teachers, and both of them was electives. So I barely saw them niggas. I saw them niggas two times a week. And one of them was an older dude. He was sick most of the time. So I barely even seen this nigga uh, in general. So he was the substitutes and his black substitutes. So my range of diversity. It, it, it fucking Madden. Mike Vick and Madden. Nigga. It wasn't paid Madden. I couldn't see nothing. I didn't know what was going on. But I'm not hateful to anybody. Because I don't really give a shit enough to be hateful. To, to be quite honest. I don't really give a shit whether... Uh, you breathe or not uh, to actually hate somebody just based off, based off nothing. And based off nothing, I just mean um, visually. But what happens is, and, and what what seems to work is that when you shame these races and that you humiliate these races, you, they lose their jobs. Two things are going to happen. They're going to reform or they're going to leave. Either way, it's what society produces anyway. That's what society is anyway. Society is a bunch of people that reforms, comes back to be a positive part of society, or they're outcasts. Outcasts mean life in prison or, you know, whatever else. Now, whether they're forcibly outcasts or whether the outcast is put on them, those are totally different things. Homelessness. Homelessness. Would be forcibly outcast part. There's no reason for millions or thousands of I, I don't know the, the number. I'm more than sure it's millions. Um, there's no reason for motherfuckers not to have a house or a place to stay. If you are from if you've been in Texas, if you drove three hours in any direction in Texas, you should automatically realize that there's no reason for anybody to not have a place to sleep. For something to not be built. It could be a fucking, it could just be a building with beds in it. There's more than enough land in the United States of America. And people always talk about we're overpopulated. 
hey, we're not overpopulated. We're just all in the same fucking places. You look at, let's say you look at Texas. I'm talking Texas because I know Texas. You got San Antonio. You got Houston. You got Dallas. You got Austin. You got four major cities. You got mid top mid I wouldn't say mid tier cities as far as four size Corpus Christi Galveston but there's not mid tier it's not like there's you know uh um eight hundred thousand people in those places it's it's it, it's really lower tier but it's mid tier for Texas people can move there nobody just want people just want to be where the action is if all the corporations and all this shit move to these big cities that's where the people will flock because that's what the fucking jobs are. But there's more than enough. St- look at Montana. Look at Wyoming. Look at Colorado. I'm not saying we need to break down and and burn down all the open land and all the trees and whatever forests and all that good shit. This animal planet shit. I'm fine. I, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I, I need more Mother Nature, actually. I actually think if we did better um, building and agriculture... If we were more spread out throughout the country, we wouldn't have as much pollution because we're just all centered in. It's just all centered in. It's like having a thousand bruises or just one big fucking gun wound. Which one do you want? I would rather a thousand bruises because this motherfucker's healed better than a hundred gunshots. If you if you smell what I'm cooking here, I think if the population was spread, think all these think all these random places you never even heard of. Mount Rushmore is in a state nobody goes to. The National Monument to America. It's, it looks terrible, but you see what I'm saying. It it's in a state in a city nobody's ever name the city that Mount Rushmore is in. You couldn't even name the state. Maybe South South Dakota, North Dakota is one of the Dakotas. Think of South. But think of the population in these places. Think of Rhode Island. Think of Vermont. Um, think of, um, say, Texas. Think of California. Look how fucking big California is. You know, in Alaska, I know Alaska is a separation between us, uh, a big separation. Uh, but Alaska, they pay their fucking citizens to be Alaskan citizens. You're an official Alaskan citizen, you get a check. You get like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. What if Montana did that? What if my Wyoming did that? What if these states that are neighboring big states that are heavily populated, what if they just wanted to get more people? Colorado could quite easily do that. They don't need to. But a surrounding state to Colorado could. What about Nevada? I'm sure Vegas generates the money for all of Nevada. Uh, Besides Reno, I don't think nobody else could name another city in that motherfucker. We're not overpopulated, which is all in the same spaces. Just like the, the entire country. Look at China. China well, China is actually overpopulated. <laughs> it's gigantically overpopulated. But look at look at land like Africa. Um, you could probably put everybody in fucking Africa. If if the building space was was even, you could probably put everybody in fucking Africa. We're not building the right places. We're not building right so what happens is is you get ignorant motherfuckers that that are raised around ignorant motherfuckers because this stuff is taught you have no choice but to learn it It, you are what your parents are until you like 14 you really are what your parents are if you if you're not off the porch early you really are what your parents are just as far as your mindset um 
so uh, you know a, a lot of them they don't have a choice in the matter it, it, it just is what it's gonna be but uh, but that's what i mean about society so, society uh the people reform you know uh we, we have cancel cultures um right now and put, believe me i think it's uh, more than fair for a lot of motherfuckers to be completely canceled um to get the fuck out of it. if you if you've done any deep kevin spacey type shit you can go we can send you to the fucking moon that that's fine people who've made harsh comments just about everybody makes harsh comments i don't know about racist comments because r- racial hate is a it's a it's to me it's the lowest type of uh, I don't know if it's a low type, but just offhand, um, it's the lowest type of verbal hate to me that you can that you can produce. So I I feel a little different about it, it even though, like I said, in particular, I've never uh, I've never gone through it. Just upfront, it's just not something that that I've gone through. It's not something that I'm familiar with. So. It's just tough, man. And in in a workplace, as as a black person in a workplace, and especially in these days, it's kind of like, and I break this down for everybody. And and I'm more than sure this is how uh, most minorities feel. But, um, you know, I'm not from motherfucking, I'm not motherfucking Korean, so I can't tell you how they feel. In a lot of spaces, in a lot of places, there are, we know, everybody knows the cool people. There's some people that'd be like, okay, don't mess with that person. This person's like a racist or they're a seeker racist. What I like to do in the workplace is, is, is the first thing I would recommend is something my AT my used to say is nipping something in the bud. Nip it in the bud. If at the first, whatever f- first time you are offended, deeply offended, not just playfully offended. Matter of fact, even if it's playfully uh, offended, if something comes off the wrong way, if it comes out of their mouth the wrong way, and it comes off to you the wrong way, address it. Because what will happen is, another uh, saying, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. One small joke over, I can't think of, uh, just think of anybody of your race. Think of a black person. R. Kelly. Well, I wouldn't say R. Kelly because if some white person said it, hang that motherfucker. I I would agree. I would say, yeah, string this nigga up. So I'm trying to think of just a, a person you know what type of the type of jokes I, I'm talking about where they can be seen as th- they are racial, but not that serious. I I can't really think of the Maybe a stereotypical type of joke. I can't really think of something. We used to have a cat who was who was Mexican, and he was cool, but he used to always do like an Indian accent and like an uh, quote unquote Asian accent. But he would do it so fucking ignorantly. It's not like he was doing an impression of, of, of something he saw on TV. It was just a fucking just nasty accent like what like what are you doing you sound like a fucking trash man like what do you shut up like th- that type of stuff you nip in the bud because it's not something he was saying it about me and i didn't think he he, he was 
it was a bad spirited thing. But the way it comes off, it could come off as offensive. And I don't want society to be a bunch of pussies because society being a bunch of pussies is exactly what we have. Now, we have a president that don't care because nobody's going to do anything about it anyway. Because he knows at the end of the day, all these Democrats and all these politicians, they're just going to go by the letter of law because they're just pussies. And he's just going to do whatever he wants, what he's been doing the entire time. Saying whatever he wants, cancel culture's been going for everybody except this nigga. He's been fine-tuning his words. He, he stays. He's not even on the line. But technically, he's on the line. If you take some of this stuff without context, you wouldn't even know what the fuck is going on. But with context, you would know that he's a, a legit KKK member. So some of the experiences that I go through, and I'm, I'm, I'm going all over the place. It's just I have so many thoughts. It's just been so much going on. Is... You have you have races. You have secret races. You won't have any overt races because once you get in, in corporations and things like that, you know it's it's high risk. So people don't want to just lose their job over just meaninglessly calling somebody a nigga, even though they wind up doing it anyway. It's usually on a hidden forum. It's usually an outside forum on a, a social media. It's not something that's done in person at the workplace. Is what I mean. And then you have the people that you kind of don't know and. In the grand scheme of this stuff, this stuff matters. It kind of doesn't, but it does matter because you get to you get to realize why you got a promotion or why you didn't get one. Uh, you know, you get to gauge yourself and what's actually going on around you. Um, and if you're not comfortable with that, you can change it. You can either change it by addressing it in the workplace through HR, and I would 100% want people especially black people, especially minorities, uh, uh, women, especially women, go to HR. I know it's, I wouldn't say I know because it's not like a fucking personal experience with this stuff when it comes to sexual harassment. You have to get rid of it because that person, that dude, more than likely, if he's already there when you started working there, let's say this motherfucker been there eight years, you're not the first person he did that to. You're not the first person he made uncomfortable. Dudes, if you see it, fellas, if you see it, address it. Do not let it slide. Do not let it slide. And, and it shouldn't even be like this. I shouldn't have to even tell you to imagine your mama going to work and all she want to do is get her checked. And some creepy motherfucker wants to lean over her shoulder and, and rub on her, nudge himself on. I would I would set myself on fire and beat this motherfucker ass. But if you have to take that mindset, take it. Because shit like that is what it sends people into Deep, dark depressions. People don't reach their full potential because you get in there and you think you deserve that shit. You think you deserve to be talked to like that because you don't move on for it. But what it is, it's just financial dependency. You don't want to lose your fucking job. Because, yeah, this motherfucker is racist. And, yeah, I want to put my fist through elbow down this motherfucker's throat. But the light bill, man, don't care about that. The cell phone, man, don't care about that. You got kids. Uh, they, got, they got clothes. They got schools. They got food. 
buy food for yourself is alright. Uh, nigga, I could buy uh, 1,900 packs of noodles and be good. Five kids, I can't do that shit. So I understand that. But using HR covers you. Especially in this day in this day and age. Because if you go to HR and HR doesn't do anything about it, or the if it's not up to your liking, if it's really disgusting and egregious, they don't get rid of this person. They just they just duck you off. They just these days you have social media to go to after that. You have to elevate it. Because at the end of the day, if you're gonna lose your job, you might as well embarrass every motherfucker that's in there anyway. Straight up. You might as well embarrass anybody. That's always been my stance point. That's why I've always stayed professional. Me staying professional is not a reflection. It, it's, it is a reflection of me. Because when it's time for me to go in there and complain about another motherfucker, I don't want nobody saying nothing about me. That's why I stay squeaky clean. I try to, at least. I'm a decent motherfucker overall. That's why I mostly stay squeaky clean. But I don't want... I. I I don't need to do anything crazy. And at the end of the day, you have a reputation to uphold. Your reputation fucking is really all you have. I'm sorry to get on some wire shit. It's really all you have. I'm not a white man. If I get fired for something crazy, what the fuck am I doing next? You see what I'm saying? You 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 have to stay. You have to stay clean, man. You got to stay on the right path. Cause then, at work, when you, it's real tough to be a professional. It's so much debauchery. It's so much of a cesspool around you. Everybody is fucking. The managers are fucking cashiers. The, the the general managers are fucking. The employees are fucking. People are fighting. People are pregnant. People's girlfriends are coming to the job, fighting chicks that's fucking whoever there. Dudes just doing this. People are stealing. People are selling drugs. And I don't selling drugs. But if you're selling fuck coke at the, at the job, go find something else to do. People are doing a whole lot of shit. And through all of that, and you got the people that get paid a whole lot to don't to do jack shit. So not only you have to find in yourself to stay motivated to be like, damn, this motherfucker's earning more than me, and I'm doing 10 times more than them. And they, to, they could be at the same position as you. It's not like they're a manager. Shit like this happens all the time. And you gotta stay the course. It's just like it's life, but it's a real, just smaller, more compact thing. It, you know, my number one rule has always been, always been, don't fuck around in the workplace. And it's not, and it's not like you know, it's a, a, a immaturity level where a woman would be so obsessed with me, where she's, well, you can't do, you can't. It's, it's not about that. It's not an ego thing. It's about optics. It's about options. If you fucking in the workplace, okay, let's just say whatever you are, you're single, you're ready to mingle, you're fucking in the workplace, whatever feelings there are, there will be feelings because it's sex. It's fucking in the workplace. 
there are so many things that could go bad with those scenarios that none of the good options are even close to the bad. Like, the, the only good option is fucking. Maybe get a little lunch. But that's, that's, that's not even good. I get my own lunch. Everything else is bad. That's how I weigh things. So I've always weighed things. It's probably why I'm a little crazy. I'm a little bit of an overthinker. Not a little bit. I'm a lot of an overthinker. Because you have to weigh the good with the bad. You got to write this shit down. But you can at least think of the worst things that could possibly happen from each side. The worst and the best. And if one better than another, you can go ahead and take the chance. Just know you took the chance. So in these spaces, we have to find the right people, right? So we're always track, uh, attracted to our own and what we're most familiar with. So people with similarities, you know, you're always going to fold into each other. Black people usually hang out with black people because we all do the same shit. If you ask a black person that's from one state or one city, one thing, you ask for another, they may give you the same fucking answer. It just may sound different the way they give it to you. It may say cold drink, one say soda, one say pop, but it's probably going to be about the same topic. You say music, it's probably going to be around the same thing. That could go for anybody, it can go for all races, but it would, with ethnicity, ethnicities in, in, in particulars, that's what binds our groups together is because a lot of people are just not from, a lot of people are not within an element. If I'm a dude from, let's say, Nigeria and I'm living in America and I go to a job and there's two other Nigerians there, of course, I'm going to be linked to these two motherfuckers because we, it's not even the same continent, nigga. So in the workplace, especially in my industry, where let's just say for every, damn, I probably say for every 30 white people, it's probably two black people. And most of those typically don't fall in my price. Actually, all of those don't even fall in my age bracket. These cats are usually 45 plus, 40 plus. They don't even fall in my, my age bracket. We're not even close in age. But it's a familiarity type thing. You, you, first, you got to get close to the people you know. And then you learn to get to know people. And then you get to know other people from other races. And, and that's how y'all gel together. That's how y'all melt together. Usually that can happen a lot quicker when you start off in these bottom, you know, these bottom stops. Uh, the, the Not bottom spots, but, you know, the, the fast hires, the cashiers, the people that they, they go through all the time. A grocery store probably hire a couple fucking hundred cashiers a year. I mean, I, I don't know. It's usually a big number. It's a lot of turnover with cashiers and stockers. There's a lot of uh, part-time positions. People just need a little bit of extra money. They get in and they're gone. So, in a lot of these places, in the trenches, that's where you usually get the friendship. Um, but within that friendship, you get to learn about each other. You get to just learn different things. And uh, typically, the higher you go up in, the, in pay scale, the worst off you get. Um, as far as that diversity. And then there's just, just so many ways you can take it. And it, it, and that's why racism is so tough. It's so, and I, I was just why I was reading a, a, an article super early this morning about a judge that um, was working with a federal uh, private prison. I'm sorry, not federal, a private prison. Where they would pay him every time he would send a kid to their jail. 
Because, you know, every time they get a, you know, they get an inmate in, they get like a grant. They get money for that. Uh, private prisons get money every time they get a person. So he was doing this with children's prisons. So this motherfucker sending nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 14-year-olds to like jail. Big detention, like to jail for, for, for small things. One chick, she, she made a, when she was 14, she made a MySpace. Um about her vice principal and I guess she was mocking him. They put her in jail for stalking and like she's 14. Like but you come up with the wrong judge and that, and that's the type of stuff that can happen. So this is one judge in one city in the United States of America. And if this motherfucker has so much disgustingly spiteful hate in himself that he would accept money to put innocent children in jail. Imagine how many motherfuckers you think that are out there that are doing despicable shit in general. How many judges do you think, not Supreme Court judges, just regular judges, court traffic, whatever. How many judges do you think are in the United States? How many people you think are in the United States, right? Think of, fuck this. Pick a hundred people out of any major city. Most of them have a little bit of hate in them. They got a little bit of dis- disgust in them. And this is what power does. What power does, power does two things, and it's usually pretty extreme. Power either brings out compassion in you, but compassion, unless you have absolute power, compassion doesn't keep you power. Because fear and money keeps the power. Most people will run a business the wrong way, but successfully. If you see what I'm saying, you can empower hate and you can empower, you can do Walmart, uh, Walmart, Walmart don't pay their people shit, but they provide the, the best products, the, not the best products, but the most convenient products at the best prices. So everybody will ignore it because these multi, multi, multi-billionaires pay their people dog shit. And now they've been going so far to getting rid of people. I went to a Walmart uh, two days ago. It's 20 lines. It's two cashiers. But it's not like the old days. All the cashiers were scanning goals. So they're just hiring. Instead of hiring 13 employees, they hired two managers to stand there and watch 13 scanning goals for stealing because they make so much money that loss doesn't even matter. Think of how much money Walmart makes if they don't even have, they didn't care to have cashiers no more. How much money is that? That is never, that stuff like that is never rooted in compassion. It's always rooted in hate and greed and power. And unfortunately, that's how this country is. This country is a business. This country runs like that. So this country runs like that. that so that judge and Walmart is how the country is. It's, it's, it's how it's always been. For instance, we've been, we're in month, technically month like five, not month five, month, month four of a pandemic, right? A global pandemic that we have 130,000 deaths from COVID. And what COVID does, I don't, I don't want to go into it, but COVID makes things worse. It just fucking cranks it up. If you had three, 
This motherfucker going to 8 to 10. So, when you have all this crazy shit going on, and you only get $1,200, let me tell you this. It's been four months. It's been four months of being inside, being quarantined. They know that this is, this is mentally taxing. They know that people are getting sick. It's now airborne. It's always been airborne. Now it's officially airborne. We're getting eights and tens of thousands of cases a day. ICU's packed up. And a motherfucker gave you $1,200. And there are people, and this is idolatry, and this is politics. There are people so enamored. They look up to Trump so much. That they'll take a spit in the face. Because it's only a spit. $1,200, getting that twelve. He spit in our face, but it was in our mouth a little bit too. So we're not thirsty no more. That's how these people think. They rationalize this stuff. When a city says, when school's coming out, we're not going back to school. We're going to do online classes until things are safe. Well, what about the, the school budget? Okay, motherfucker. Well, and, and somebody else will say, well, hungry kids. I understand that. Because in, in a lot of situations, and this situation is a lot more frequent than it fucking should be, um, in, in my humble opinion, with how much money is made in the United States. Well, a lot of kids, their only meals of the day is from school. I understand that. But when your response is that, and it's rooted in politics and hate, it makes people dis, disregard very logical things. If you see what I'm saying. People will say that just to make a point. They don't actually care. Because when SNAP uh, benefits get cut and food stamps get cut, nobody gives a shit. Those same people don't care about hungry children then. They don't, they don't care. That's, that, that is dense politics. And it's idolatry. It's the reason why the first thing people did is realize how fucking useless this, a, a, an actual celebrity is. They don't do anything for us. They get the ridiculous amount of money. They're not regular people anymore. Being regular stopped a long time ago. Yes, they have feelings. Yes, they have emotions. But they also have $350,000 they can use for a Ferrari to drive a handful of times. You don't have that. You won't make $350,000 probably next 10 years. They just shit in it and put it in the garage. So that's why the first thing was the the revolt on celebrity. You didn't nobody. I, I'm the only one that seemed to to notice that. The first thing we did is turn on the most useless motherfuckers because we don't need them. We need philo- We need smart people to let us know what the fuck is going on and where we should go. There are people who go to school, doctors, whatever type of doctor, whatever field they're in. Niggas in school for like 12 years. If you are in school for 12 years, why would I let a fucking rapper give me the what's what on what I should do next? Why should I care? It's the Chappelle Jaru thing. Excuse me. It's the Chappelle Jaru thing. 
Who the fuck care what y'all rude thing? I got a global pandemic, nigga. What should I wear? Should I, is a shirt good enough? A bandana? A mask? M95? Is this regular cloth mask not good enough? Should it only be N95s? It's kind of hard to breathe on N95s. Those are the people that we need telling us what to do. And how to do it. People that have spent their life doing this shit. That's how these things work. Geniuses. Just like uh, uh, he who shall not be named when he uh, said uh, Lady Gaga for Polaroid. What the fuck? Why not get a fucking person that's been a photographer for 45 years? What the fuck is Lady Gaga going to tell me about Polaroids? And I, I love rap. I love hip hop. It's Rap and hip hop is more. I have more history of that than anything else. I don't have history of nothing. I got my family history. I got my history. We don't really go much outside of that. We've been building our own history for these last... Really, we've been building our own history for the last 60 years. Black history, what we know it as. Everything else before that has been so diluted and, and burned. We don't even know what's what. Most people came right now in their 30s and they, they never met their great-grandmother. You never met your... And, and this is not, you know, anybody's fault. Fuck, people die when they die. However it goes. But if you never got a talk, chance to talk to your great-grandmother about what happened before her, who the fuck is there to ask to ask? Family history dies off really quick. So when you have our history that has been is burned and bloodied, it's really hard for a lot of people to have a a a a, a foundation. The foundation has been celebrity. People waiting for Jay Z, waiting for what Diddy has to say. Who fucking cares what they have to say? They're not they're smart businessmen, but like I said, rooted in that my bruh. Rooted in that amount of money, this oh, it's not passion, and I'm saying they're bad people, but there's always bad things to do when you're accumulating billions of dollars. Nobody gets billions of fucking dollars the right way. I mean, Jesus Christ, some businesses have to go out, some people have to be bankrupt, some people have to lose everything for me to gain everything. That's what capitalism is rooted in. That's what the country is. So when you see other countries and you people talk about socialism and all this other shit, these other countries care so much about the betterment of their society that they're willing to pay more to get more. If you see what I'm saying, they, they pay more taxes. And they don't pay more taxes for themselves. They pay more taxes because they know there's people that can't afford afford to pay more taxes. Or they can't afford to pay the Medicare bill. If, I, if they say, hey, you got to pay an extra $70 out your check. And that extra $70 may go to two families to help them. Two families, we don't even tell you who the fuck they is. I'm going to pay the extra 70 How many people in America... You think we'll pay extra for somebody else? Let me tell you. Ding, ding, ding. Hell fucking no. 
But that's what our country is. And that's the difference between our society and theirs. That's the difference between how um, Germany, look at Nazi Germany in 1943 and look at America in 1943. Look at Germany now and look at America now. Besides it being legal, we're just about at the same. Besides a nigga ass getting whipped uh, and the police being like, okay, we're going to whip his ass with you. Look at their society. This society is the darkest we've. Well, I, I don't, yeah, Nazi Germany. It's not darker than it's. It's the darkest in uh, recent European history. I say it's not darker than four hundred years of slavery, turning niggas into belts and wallets and all this despicable, nasty shit that they did to us, selling families and kids and all this nasty, disgusting shit. That stuff don't go away. Society has to change that. People need to reform. The right people are not reforming. If you never reform, no change happens. There's a lot of people y'all may know that when they were in their 20s or when they were in their teens, it was some stupid motherfuckers. And right now, they still may be a stupid motherfucker, but they're not as reckless as they used to be. That's called reform. Other countries, societies, civilizations, villages, reform. And that, that doesn't seem to be something that we want to go with. The mirror is just not too uh, attractive, uh, I assume, for most people. Looking in the mirror is just not something that most people want to do. And everything is politicized. Especially these days. Like I said earlier. Somebody will use. The fact that people will use. And we see this all the time. They will use a tragedy. Or bad things. As an argument. Case upon Chicago. One thing about Chicago. right? We all watch these gangster movies. We watch the Irishman. We watch all these play, all these, All these movies. Uh, Bulwark Empire, whatever gangster mob movies. Chicago is always mentioned. It's always been a gangster town. It's always been a dangerous fucking city. The difference is now is back then in those days. Not mean back then. I mean they're still doing it now. I mean it's just a lot more hidden now. But back then it was a different color, causing a little chaos. And they could pay it off. Chicago's always been that. All these Al Capone. What the fuck you think? You think Al Capone uh, was in San Antonio? You think all these nasty fucking shootouts in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s? It's always been that. It's just a narrative now. People will say, oh, you know, well, what about Chicago? What are you doing to help? Do you have a solution? Do you have a way that things could, they could figure out something? But people use bad shit and they use it as a, uh, just a, a pull it, And it makes you not, I, I'm not going to say it, it makes you not care, but it just, it, it, it numbs you up a little bit. Because the, 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 
the saddest shit. It's just you so sparingly. People just, like I said, that, oh, well, these kids need to eat in school. What about the snap? What about food stamps? They've been cutting all this shit. What? The education system is shit. Why do you care now about the education system? United States is shit in education. They're fighting to go back to school in Louisiana. They're last. Why is the last niggas trying to go back? You better off just going straight to work. Because you've been last forever. So people usually have, they have no real uh, societal uh, ideas to change anything. Um, A a lot of things is uh, short-sighted, backhanded uh, uh, reactions to things. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's a lot of hate. And the hate is so veiled that I honestly think there's no way. Because this judge was throwing white kids in jail for money. They're throwing white kids in jail for money. Trust. There ain't no way to get rid of this. There ain't no way to get rid of this hate. In Germany and other places, it was pushed out. But it was pushed out because people held other people accountable. And they all held the mirror up to each other. Most of them did. We won't have that. The slave on the seal got paid. They was even richer after they gave up the slaves. They got stipends and they got money after the slaves anyway. What do you think all this money went to? All these people worked all this money with all these acres of land. What do you think that money goes to? That money buys corporations. That money starts shit. You wouldn't even believe if 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 we were able to do real deep dives and how many major corporations and major parts of branches of government it's just all rooted in just nasty, dirty, blood slave money. And you know what the difference in other countries and our country is? Is that a bloody 20 will still go in the cash register. It's still going to cash register. And they'll give you a change back for it too. So, I want y'all to stay I want y'all to stay safe. I want y'all to stay comfortable. But I want you to be firm. And I'm talking to everybody here. You know, I don't want to. I never try to make my my podcast a, a black people only podcast. It just come off that way. I'm a nigga. I'm black. I can't hide it. It is what it is. I'm the blackest. But if you're truly about reform and you're truly about life being life can be so easy man just what just imagine the coolest motherfucker you know and imagine if it was 10 of that motherfucker just 10 of them if you knew one person they were super cool imagine if you knew 10 people like that how much life how much better your life would be if your best friend or your two best friends you knew eight more of them like that not your personality to watch. Just, just people to be a joy to be around. Life can be like that. Life is like that for a lot of places and a lot of and most people. 
it, it's a lot of willful ignorance mixed in with that. But if you weed out these nasty, racist, hateful, stinky motherfuckers, just imagine how how much getting rid of one asshole or one creep motherfucker out of the workplace, how much that does for everybody. Some stupid motherfucker that's been harassing women. He ain't been on a job nine years. How much of a fucking load off of the women's shoulders do you take off just by getting a motherfucker out of there? How much of a joy it is do you think it is to come to work now without knowing that for, even for a second you have to deal with some bullshit? And we can flip that because, you know, a lot of fellas is just super masculine and they won't understand that point of view. What if somebody just whispered nigga to you every time? What the ER, big ERs on the end. And you just hurt. What if you just had didn't have to go through bullshit? There's a way to do that. And that's called the thinkers. The actual free thinkers. Not the dummies. We are, we are the actual free thinkers. We, but I, I'm not sure why somebody could throw on a red hat. And side with races and think you're the free thinker. No, nigga, you just with the races. We are the free thinkers. I'm not sure uh, how that gets like mixed mixed up or misconstrued. We are the free thinkers. The motherfuckers in society that don't let the hate dictate what we are, and that hate still get faced full on. So I know it's tough. I know it's hard to it's it's hard to man. I'm at where I'm at, kinda. And I don't even want the shit kinda. It's, it's like is this what I wanted? It's like having an infinity glove with two stones. And I can't get the three? I can't make the full set? Fuck it, make me want to find and go on and look for my own, my own fucking gauntlet. And sometimes that's what it is. But if we, the civilized, free thinking, actual smart motherfuckers, see, and that's the crazy thing. All this snowflake shit, uh, you know, of course I've never, oh my God. Snowflake is not even uh, something I would be offended by, but it's, it's so much extra definition that I know is being put into that that I just want to fight about it right now when as soon as I said it I just want to swing at the TV just now we're not the pussies here we the one that grew up in the fucking ghetto we the one that got to deal with hate and motherfuckers are telling us how to feel this is how you weed out hate is if you got one bad manager and five good employees, those five good employees can get that bad manager the fuck out of here. If you got a hateful racist motherfucker, you can get them out of there. If another come in, you can get them out of there too. And if HR got a problem with that, well, you know what? You embarrass everybody. There's no place. There's no place for it. There's no place for it. It don't even make sense. Maybe it don't make sense to me because I'm a nigga that they get racist owned. 
I'm getting dunked on. I'm Paul Gasol. Maybe if I was Blake Griffin, uh, shit would be shit be right. This would be the thing I want to do. Obviously, it must be pretty cool to do. It's been going on for a couple hundred years. It must be pretty fire uh, to be a racist. I might just go out and uh, blacken somebody's fucking eye. I don't think white people don't have no racist um, terms unless they different ethnicity. I don't even know none of them like that. But there's no there's no room for it, and there's a way to get rid of it. And uh, to get rid of it, it's called calling shit out, and it's called putting people on the spot. Because the one thing, there's two ways a racist is gonna respond, and most of them, ninety percent of them, is gonna shell up. They're going to shell up. They're going to warm up. They're going to apologize. They're going to become a bitch. Because even if they're still racist, they're so ashamed and humiliated by it because they know it's such a low form of thinking, such an ignorant form of thinking, that they're so humiliated. That's why. Why do you think people are always apologizing for it? Because it's if it's, it's, it's disgusting, it's stupid. That's why people always apologize for it. It's the lowest form of thinking. If a nigga come outside and he got some jean shorts on and them bitches stop at his ankle, I can say I hate him because those jean shorts are ridiculous. Back, it's just because he's white? Jesus Christ. Think how who kind of thinking that is. That's why they always apologize. 90% of them. Another 10%? I actually respect them because we pick a side. Pick your side. That's why they stay in the hills of West Virginia and apparently in a bunch in Oregon and all these other places. That's why they stay out there. Because all this diversity we get in our, ma- our major cities, that's what's carrying the whole fucking place. That's what's carrying the whole country. It's cities in America that only one race can go to. You got to look a certain way for that. Imagine how ignorant. Imagine knowing there's places like Vida in the United States of America, in the great state of Texas. Yeehaw. There's a city in that motherfucker where niggas is not even allowed. Imagine having the KKK still being out. Them niggas is ISIS. It's white ISIS. So if that type of hate is protected under free speech, whatever that means, hey, Jesus Christ. There's a reason why these people don't wear them hood to the grocery store. That's the reason why it's not when it's cold outside, you don't see a nigga pull up in a old in a onesie zip up KKK fit. That's why they got hoods on to hide themselves. So, I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to to discuss that. I think I talked too long about that. I really wanted to discuss that, and I really wanted to, um, because it, it's real tough, man. It's real tough to be just in, in these workspaces. And you know these motherfuckers is racist, man. It's so tough to not put a full arm. You know, and it's not... 
<coughs> excuse me, it's not, like I said, it's not overt racism. It's, it's, it's the harboring of racism. It's keeping a person who is not doing their job around. And it's not that, and, and it, a lot of it can be nepotism as well. That's what the, the NFL goes through. It is finding people that look like they may be the person for the job instead of the person that is for the job. And most times, the person that look like they're for the job is being chosen by the person that look like they look they look like they can look for somebody for the job, and they're usually both white. That's the difference between success and everything else. Now, unless the market demands something so big, um, let's say like uh, I mean clothes or whatever. You can bring anybody in, anyone even matter. But not clothes, you know, grocery store, whatever. Not food. But I just want to kind of put it out there because I just want people to know, like, uh, shit real, <laughs> shit real, man. Shit real. And you need to get rid of these people. And if you know yourself need to bounce, then you yourself need to bounce because most places nothing really changes. Like I said, use HR. If HR ain't doing nothing about it, you need to quit. And outright embarrass niggas. Because if I got to lose my job for it. I'm setting myself on fire. And everybody's somebody. At least a couple motherfuckers coming with me. A, a racist motherfucker not going to just keep their job. It's just, I mean. It's just not happening. It's not happening. So I want to talk about that, and I want to keep it real about that. And I kind of want to move on and talk a little bit too much. I want to discuss what these niggas... Dude, the NBA. Is something not registering with the NBA right now? And this is what I mean. Probably in the last three days... I've seen like 15 players get get COVID, right? And this is COVID before they go into the bubble, if they even go to into the bubble. And then you have to cast this already into the bubble, and they're eating at this, excuse me, eating at little hotels or whatever they're doing, whatever they do. Well, they at a hotel, they're getting these food. The food is crappy. Um, they're in a state that is has more positive cases than about six major countries in Europe. Uh, I think Germany has about 2,000 cases, uh, 1,100 cases as a country. Whereas Florida's getting 10,000 a day. Um, Obviously, they're getting it through the airport. So, not only are asymptomatic pastors still traveling, they're passing along to TSA workers, airport workers, who are 100% vulnerable because the airport is quietly the filthiest fucking place you ever want to be. Airplanes are flying viral death boxes every time i've always seen any article and they said any rare plague or disease they've always take a picture of it being on a fucking airplane because stupid fucks still travel what is going on 
Why are you still traveling? Why are you passing shit? You're passing along. Your carelessness costs people a whole lot, man. It don't make any sense. In the NBA, I'm going to keep it funky. I could give two shits. I don't care at all about the fucking NBA. We in a pandemic, nigga. Football is saying no switching jerseys because of social distancing, nigga. Y'all playing football. That's a real head scratcher. And I knew this COVID thing. I knew COVID wasn't no hope. And I knew it was real because celebrities got it. Kevin Durant got it. Off the rip. Celebrities never get this shit. They, they never get nothing. Tom Hanks got it. They never get nothing. That's how I knew. I was like, okay, this is going to be around for a while. Because celebrities get it. Now, whether they get sick from it or however they recover for it, that's one thing. But you could definitely pass it on, man. You could definitely pass it on. So I don't know why uh, people think they can do the UFC model or the boxing model. Boxing is definitely not coming back uh, because boxing thrives on crowds. Uh, whereas the UFC, um, ESPN just pays them to show fights. And whereas boxing relies heavily on pay-per-view uh, crowds. And then the difference between boxing and, and UFC in, in general is the card. If you've ever seen a full UFC pay-per-view card, the fights, not any pay-per-view, uh, prelims. Uh, early prelims, prelims, and main card, the fights are way better than any boxing card ever. People people watch a three-hour boxing match for the main event. The UFC fight, there's probably like four cold-ass fights coming up this week <laughs> in one card. At least four of them. And I say that because it's just two fighters and a couple cornermen. It's not 11 people on defense, 11 people on offense, two head coaches, uh, two, uh, uh, well, you got offense coordinators on each side, defense coordinators on each side, you got special teams coach, you got the wide receiver coach, you got the offensive line coach, you got defensive line coach, you got wide receiver coach, you got running back coach, you got the quarterback coach, you got the assistant to the uh, assistant uh, offense coordinator, you got the offensive specialist, linebacker coach. You can't call a football game remotely. You can't have a fucking... Are we going to have some mask on them? Is Belichick going to yell a play with a mask on? Or is it going to be spitting across the microphone? Be smart. If, I, if you never learn anything... Anything for this podcast, this boring ass podcast, let's be smart. You see, these stupid motherfuckers are so greedy to get back out there for nothing to bring us joy, take our mind off of stuff. Who the fuck are you? Y'all take our mind off stuff, pass the money out, motherfucker. Do that. You see, 36 motherfucking million employees, you show Ferraris and shit. Nigga, do something. We don't. We, 
And I'm not one to tell people how to spend their money. But since you want to put yourself out there, then you get the right to be criticized, just like I would. If I put myself out there, just like I can be criticized for what I'm saying right now. Suck a dick. You need a dick for what I'm saying. If you disagree, that's cool. I'm not asking anybody to give up their money. Oh, yeah, asking about to give up their riches. You got, oh, LeBron's worth a billion. You should give it all up to charity. Fuck that. But shut the fuck up. Don't tell me you, 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 we want to get people minds off stuff. No, nigga, my mind is exactly where it needs to be. This is exactly where I need my mind on. Racism. Getting these hateful, nasty, disgusting motherfuckers out. Because I don't stay in the mansion. My neighborhood not blocked off. I can't send people to the store and go for me. I got to go out. I got to meet these interactions head on. So maybe I took that a little, maybe I take that a little, uh, a little different, a little wrong when people say, oh, we want to take their mind. No, nigga, I don't take, take my mind off of this. We need this right now. This is exactly what we need. And I think the rush to, to take our mind off of stuff is just, I don't know. It just seems like uh, diversionary tactics to me. I don't like diversionary tactics. Diversionary tactics, uh, I feel real offended by them because it makes me think, and you think, I'm a dumbass. So I don't like sarcasm. I, I just have pet peeves, man. I've, I, I I despise sarcasm. The reason I don't, I never I never try to make a, not try, I never, yeah, try. I never purposely make a sarcastic comment. If it just naturally comes out as f- for something that's funny, more than like I've said it. But I've never, I don't say anything snarky to people. Sarcasm is such a dry, rude, it's just, it's like calling me a dumbass. It's like calling me a stupid bitch. But in a dry, monotone, snarky, pissy way. That's the same way I feel about these, uh, these, Divergent tactics or whatever they think they can pull off. It's just not going to happen. I don't care. Nobody cares. Well, I'm not going to say nobody cares because obviously some people, not some people, a lot of people be watching football. A lot of people be watching basketball. Um, Me personally, it's just not something I'm, I'm, um, I'm hard up to see. It's not anything that, I'm, um, that I've been missing, to be quite honest with you. I haven't missed a single dribble of basketball. A single fucking throw, a single yard of football. Not one. I haven't missed anything. Um, so I think more of that is uh, more of them being uh, not wanting us to get used to not seeing sports anymore. Um, because all that happens is is we just adjust our lives. And uh, this, this is why people are going crazy. That Most people, they're going crazy and they're, they're risking their life. And they're going to, you know, uh, they're still going on vacations and flights. It's because they're scared to break routine. But routines always break. We just never notice it. Uh, it's not something we've ever. It, it was always something that we've done our own. And it's not something that would be forced to us. If you tell me I can't, you can't drive this way to work. I'd be like, motherfucker, that's the quickest way I get to work. You got to only drive this way to get to work. Then you're going to have a little bit of pull toward me. Like, who the fuck is what? This is the way I go. Even though the other way 
it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same route. It's the exact same time. But you're so used to going one way that me telling you to go to another is such a problem to people. That's why people still want to travel. Even though most people only travel like one or two times a year. If they can afford to do that. Now motherfuckers trying to sneak out three, four, five times within four months. That's because that one vacation, it makes it feel like the whole fucking life is in their spin. Oh, I can't go to the grocery store. It's probably easy to just, to just fucking order it. Well, people like the I don't like the way pig people are chicken. Shut the fuck up, man. I hate when people say that. Shut the fuck up. Who are you? The expert chicken picking nigga? Order it and pick it up. When you go to Popeye's, you just say, oh no, I don't want no, just no, give me that breast. Give me that leg. That fry too short. Give me the long fry. Shut the fuck up. Don't be so pissy about a routine. People just, people are scared of routine. I think that's what sports are afraid of. And that's why they want to force it back on us so much. And obviously, it's a lot of money involved. It's a big leagues. It's a lot of, uh, think about all these stadiums and millions and billions of dollars that they've invested into all these stadiums. How much it took to build Raider Stadium. And they can't even use that motherfucker right now. Um, and all these other places. I understand that. But quite honestly, I don't care. Um, it's not it's not my money. Um, so it's real hard for me to not give a shit about it to be to be quite honest and, and to be very dismissive of it because um there's a lot of things that i can think of that instead of a uh, funneling together public money six seven billion dollars to build a stadium for only a group of people to make money off of and everybody else make oh well they pay tax we make pennies off it we get the excess we get the, the we get the dookie we don't get the meal we get the shit and they wouldn't even see that. It's not like we get a check cut. Like, hey, this is the check from when the Lakers hit, you know, the game seven. When there was this many people. This is $17, the taxes you get. We don't get none of that. We don't see none of that. So it doesn't benefit us at all. None of it benefits us. And that's why I say it's all just, it's all capitalism. They want to get us off our, get us off, get our mind off of 30, 40 million people being unemployed. Get us our mind off of you yourself being unemployed and that shit about to be up. So instead of a, a Sunday where you would probably just be productive because you didn't have to watch football on Sunday. There's no basketballs to watch every single night. You found something else to do with those three hours. Whatever it was. You found something else. Just like that. You found something quick. Basketball has been gone since like February. It would It would be ending last month. You just missed a second half of a season without a snap. You're fine. And I think they understand that. And I think they know that. And that's why they want to force it back out. Because humans, we adjust. Just like anybody that had a lot of money and then they lost it. And you went back to being fucking broke. You know what you did? You put them noodles on the stove. And you dealt with it until you got your money back up. We adjust. We're humans. And there's no need to panic for sports. It's all for them. You get nothing. LeBron get a championship, you get nothing. You just get a jersey, you gotta pay for that jersey. Shit, two hundred thirty dollars. If that's probably more than that, probably less than that. I don't know. I know I saw him for two thirty one time in the store. Uh, what I think is stupid. Fuck, I'm doing paying two hundred thirty dollars for 
put another nigga name on my back. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, um, but yeah, just don't lose focus. Um, even if your focus is not this, whatever your focus has been on, you know, it, whether it's improving yourself or, um, you know, a, a stand. You know, a lot of people are not used to this time. I'm an only child, so I'm I'm used to alone time. To be quite honest with you, uh, I got a lot of cousins, a lot of friends, but I kind of prefer to look at the fucking wall. Uh, so I'm used to this type of stuff. So stuff like this don't rattle me. It don't it don't bother me at all. I've been rattled or bothered by quarantine or, or anything like this. So, um, and that's just an adjustment. Uh, and it's an adjustment that anybody can make. Um, but I don't think. I mean, not gathering up in a large crowd. Uh, I'm not sure how that affected me in any type of way because I didn't gather up in fucking large crowds either fucking way. Uh, so maybe it's it's different because of my path, but um, stop accepting distractions. Stop accepting bullshit. Um, none of this stuff really matters. You see a celebrity say something crazy or somebody music didn't drop. It doesn't matter. Um, take it for face value. It is entertainment. It is here to slightly amuse you, uh, to be, but to be constantly wrapped into it, it's how uh, 51% of white women decided to vote in Trump. Because that celebrity reality, they thought was actual. They thought it was real. They thought because, quote unquote, he was a billionaire and he had a lot of money that they could bring a lot of business success. But, if you're a scumbag businessman and a money launderer, then you are only dealing with dense facts. And I talked about dense facts before. Dense facts is when somebody gives you a partial statement. And that partial statement is very true. But there's a thousand other things that made it happen that way. And it's still irrelevant. So people thought the businessman was going to run this place like a business. Well, he is. A shady business. And shady businesses don't give a fuck about the people that they hire. Because people are dispensable. And we're seeing that with COVID. People are very dispensable. It's 400 million people. And a lot of people pregnant. You think more people won't pop up? You think more workers? More people not turning 17, 18 every single day? What do they care? 130,000 people, uh, I mean, that's a lot of people. A lot of people I know within that 130,000. You think they give a fuck? You think 130,000 more people didn't pop up in, the, in whoever's place? Think you get fired? Somebody's not going to be there to take your job? That's how they think. So if that's how they think as a country. What does your job think? So, um, I just want to have that talk with y'all. You know, I know I'm uh, not potting like I need to be. So, but I want to pot a lot longer this time. So that way, you know, if I'm if I'm a little short, I miss a little time or whatever. Um, I can at least get some some substance out to y'all. At least some stuff I'm thinking about. You know, so these pods just stuff I be. It's like meaning anything. Just obviously, it's a fucking podcast. It's what you think? Um. But yeah, y'all stay safe out there, man. It's real. Uh, stay real to the people that's real with you. Um, nipping in the bud. 
My auntie used to tell me that all the time, dude, when I was five. Actually, my great-grandma told me that. Nip that shit in the bud. Somebody knock something off your shoulder, let them know, hey, you knock it off my shoulder again. There are consequences. Because a lot of people don't deal with consequences. Criminals escalate when they don't deal with consequences or the initial consequences are not sufficient. And I'm not saying a shoplifter should get their fucking hair blowed off. But a shoplifter should know that the next time you steal something, somebody might just whoop your ass for it. Sometimes violence takes. Sometimes violence is reform. Sometimes somebody needs their motherfucking ass whipped to realize that hey, I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably shouldn't have did that. Violence is another beautiful piece of reform as well. Should add that in, but it also changes people. So stay safe. Nip that shit in the bud. Don't take no shit from nobody. Holla.